Welcome to the Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. Okay, well, welcome to Keys of the Kingdom. I'm Brother Gregory, and we're going to be talking again about the kingdom of God, and uh, we're going through Malachi. We had two hours this morning and got through Malachi 1. I don't think it'll take us as long to get through Malachi 2, but uh, it's a pretty short book, and uh, I think there's only four chapters, and uh, some of them are really short, but it's a really important message, and it's one of the, you know, Minor prophets, and they're all really kind of saying the same thing. And we're going to tie a little bit of what we look at today into what the New Testament was talking about, because they're really talking about the same things. And uh, that's what a lot of people can't realize, because of the fact you're dealing with a different language and different metaphors and different idioms and everything. But the problem with mankind has been the same from the beginning. Uh, we're, we're trying to decide what is good and evil based upon our own personal vanity and desires, our wantonness and lasciviousness, and we're not very good at that. And then when we get caught or things go bad, we try to blame it on somebody else, like God or Eve or, or the government or something like that. And the fact is, it's our fault. Because we weren't doing what God was trying to write on our hearts to begin with. And who's God? God is the creator of life. There's some reason or other you look at all the planets out there. You're not finding life hardly anywhere on any of the planets. They thought they would find all kinds. Said he spent years and years trying to find life on other planets. And they're not finding it. There is life. uh, And it comes from this creator, God, who breathes life into existence. And you want him to breathe into you that life. And uh, the world, actually right now it appears the world wants you dead. And we talked a little bit about that this morning. <laughs> that there is there is flat out an effort. There has been an effort and a desire to do this since Adam and Eve ate the apple. To destroy man so that evil can have dominion on this planet. We were told to dress it and keep it. Well, we're about to lose it, and we're about to lose it to a lot of people that are talking about a green economy, because <laughs> they have no idea what they're talking about. They don't know the difference between good and evil, and that's why you see so many strange ideas going afoot in the world today, you know. Uh, like I said this morning, sodomy was not the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah. Sodomy was the symptom of the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah. This confusion about gender is a symptom of a deeper problem. You know, this dysphoria and confusion, it's coming from, you know, from the fact that we think it's okay to covet our neighbor's goods. Take the rights of our neighbor away from them. They want to choose. See, if you want to become a communist, go for it. You go get a bunch of other guys who want to become a communist, and you can set up right now, almost anywhere in the United States, you can set up a communist government. you got to buy your own land to start with, but you can set up a communist government as a religious society, and you can get the land off the tax rolls, and you can run your own economy in there. 
You just have at it right now. That's absolutely legal in the United States today. You just can't make everybody else be a communist. Only those people who volunteer into your little commune or religious organization. You can make them all communists and uh, set up your own rules, uh, get out your uh, little red book, and you can operate that way. Now, it is true that some you probably can't go around killing people and stuff like that, like they did in most of the communist countries, but uh, supposedly everybody who comes into your little communist government, they're all wannabe communists. So you don't have to kill anybody. It's only when you try to force everybody else to be communists that people start having to be killed. That's what Lenin discovered. He's got to kill, 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 kill. Don't stop killing because we have to kill our opposition. And that spirit is rising up. And you see it poking its head up like a gopher in the field because of the cancel culture. You know, what was it? uh, Rowan Atkins, who is... uh, guy who plays Mr. Bean. I think he's a, a hilarious comedian. He's really a genius. Actually, in real life, he is a genius. Um, but he was saying this cancel culture is like medieval Europe going around trying to find out who they can burn at the stake. And uh, But it's creating a division. Of course, Facebook said that they were all creating their system to bring everybody together. No, they are not. They have, from the very beginning, been creating a system to tear everybody apart. And yeah, they'll censor you, but the fact is, is that if you're a conservative, uh, you, you will, if I was looking at a Facebook of a conservative, I would see all kinds of ads and other people coming on there that are all appealing to conservatives. If I was a liberal or a leftist, I would see all kinds of stuff coming on that appeals to that. Cause all they're really interested in is making money. And what they're actually doing is creating bubbles of thinking that, uh, you know, that they can't tell the difference. Well, we're thinking outside the bubble here at His Holy Church, and we're trying to show you exactly what the bubble is made out of so you can get out of the bubble too and get into the kingdom. Because, you know, we're we're not going to give you some paper packets that you fill out this paper packet and you all become free. We're going to show you what your responsibilities are because until you back, back, take back your responsibilities, you're not going to get your rights back. And even when you take back your responsibilities, there's probably going to be some bumps along the road. And uh, there always has been in the past. I mean, the Israelites didn't get this to walk out of Egypt. They had to go through the plagues. And they had to go through the plagues not only helping themselves, but helping the Egyptians. And when they were all done helping themselves and Egyptians survive the plagues... Guess what? The Egyptians bestowed all kinds of treasures on them and then they went out of Egypt and went across the, the, the desert and headed for freedom. And the Egyptian army came after them, but because we live in a cause and effect universe, they didn't get so far. The Israelites didn't have to fight them, but they were destroyed just the same. But yet there would be fights and battles in the future because Egypt was not coming to their aid anymore either. If you want your rights back, you have to take your responsibilities back. That's that's item number one. How you do that is to do what Christ commanded. Sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands and learn how to operate a nation by faith, hope, and charity instead of by force, fear, and fealty. Now, right now, I can show you, I can bring up documents and read them where the government or people 
who are part of the government and, and like the government and want more of that government. Uh, not that we dislike the government. It is there. It's God's minister to punish the wicked and all the shutdown and everything. That's coming because you guys been wicked. You've been coveting one another's goods so long and become accustomed to living at the expense of others for so long. You don't have the courage, the strength, or the wisdom to come together and stop all the nonsense. You could just stop the nonsense because you all go out there and say, we're not going to be nonsensical anymore. I'm not talking about the silly people who stormed the Capitol building and busted windows to get in. Uh, I'm not even talking about some of the genuinely honest protesters who were down there and were suckered to go into a trap. There was one guy when they opened up the doors, they moved the barricades, and they let a bunch of people in. And they were walking in there and heard one guy say, is this a trap? (laughs) Guards were just standing there letting them come in. Is this a trap? Yeah, it's a trap. (laughs) Get out of there. (laughs) And of course they used it. Of course, you know, like they, they arrested, uh, Simone Gould, Gold, uh, who, who probably wasn't doing any harm to anybody. Uh, she was protesting what she sees as an injustice. Great. But what she should be doing, she can do that. I have no objection to that, protesting evil when you see it. But if you if you cast pearls to swine, Jesus said they're going to turn on you and rent you under. Well, she got rented under, arrested, broke into her house and arrested her and all that stuff. And I'm sure she's courageously fighting that battle. But if she would get smart and sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands and start living like Christ actually told us to do. And she's not far from the kingdom. I'm I'm not picking on her in any way, shape. I think the world of her. But she needs to know. you. She's a pretty smart lady too. But she needs to be as wise as a serpent. If she was as wise as a serpent, she probably wouldn't have walked in that door. Because she would have seen it was a trap. Somebody was sensing it. I saw it was a trap. Why in the world are they opening up the doors and letting all these people in while other people are smashing in the doors? And they're all in communication by radio. They know that you don't want to open up the doors as soon as they knew people were in there. They're running around locking up all the congressmen and senators and trying to get them out through the underground passageways. (laughs) So why did they open up the doors? Why did they move back the barricades? Why did they signal the people to come forward? What was that all about? It's a trap. But anyway, they don't see that because they're not really as in communication with God as they need to be. They may be generally good people. And they may be better than most of the people. But you got to be as wise as the serpent. Because there is a real serpent that is behind all this stuff. You know, I'm using the word serpent just like the Bible does as a metaphor. I mean, there's a real entities of evil out there that are behind all this. And there's a lot of people that are duped, you know, that are doing all this nonsense because, you know, they think that they're going to get rewarded or they're going to get positions of power or what have you. You know, um, like that Booker guy who, who uh, I guess he was just made Secretary of Agriculture. And he he's going to make it really hard on the beef industry. And uh, that's one of the things that's so crazy about that is beef get coronavirus all the time. If you hang around beef, they'll give you an immunity to coronavirus. Oh, you think that's crazy? How do you think the milkmaids got immunity to smallpox? 
because they were hanging around dairy cows and they picked up an immunity. People just don't know how it works. But we're not going there. We're going to Malachi 2. And like I said this morning when I was talking about Malachi, which was, he was concerned about the priesthood failing to do their job and the temple was not being effective anymore and that people were becoming workers of iniquity and that there was treachery afoot and that a curse was going to come upon the people because they weren't actually as active as they needed to be in the righteous ways of God. And today, most people even don't know what the righteous ways of God, they're actually told it, it's in the Bible, it's right there. You're supposed to live by faith, hope, and charity. You're supposed to love your neighbor as yourself. You're not supposed to covet your neighbor's goods. And you're not supposed to be like the governments of the Gentiles who call themselves benefactors but exercise authority one over the other to provide the benefits they provide. You're not to be that way, according to Christ. Well, every Christian I know just about out there are people claiming to be Christians who go to all these denominations. They think it's absolutely okay to covet your neighbor's goods through the agency of government. They send their kids to public school. They have the government taking care of their parents. They do no more out for their parents or very little. They certainly don't do as much as the government does. As a matter of fact, some of them are living with their parents on their parents' social security check. What in the world is that? So, it's all bizarre, but uh, I brought up a couple of things in the last paragraph of the very first page on Malachi. And I I mentioned the clothes of service, that the priests were to put on the clothes of service. And I created a whole page that is the clothes of service, you know, page and talks about all this stuff and and, uh, how it all works and what it really means. You see it in Exodus 31.10, the clothes of service and the holy garments for Aaron, the priest, and the garments of his son to minister in the priest's office. This has nothing to do with garments or clothes. Any more than sewing the breeches of the Levites had anything to do with your underwear. It doesn't. And so now, if you go to those pages that I set up, like the breeches and what have you, you can see the articles that are talking about what that really means, because it's all metaphors. And so, when, as we read Malachi uh, in chapter 2, we need to understand that this is the way the Hebrew language operates. And we'll give you some examples of that. So anyway, let's just get right into verse 1. Uh, verse 1, Malachi 2. And now, O ye priests, so he's talking to the priests, this commandment is for you. So he's talking to them, and he's going to give them a commandment. It's actually a mitzvah. He's going to give them a mitzvah. Is uh, for you. If ye will not hear, and if ye will not lay it to your heart to give the glory unto my name, saith the Lord of hosts, I will even send a curse upon you. Okay. Give the glory unto my name. In other words... If you don't do this in the character of Christ, in the character of God, in the character of righteousness, it's going to be a curse. You have to do this duty that is put on the priests according to the character of God. So, how much 
how much did you pay God to create you? Oh, you didn't pay God to create you. He just did it. He just did it out of the kindness of his heart. Well, that tells you something about God right there and about the name of God. He doesn't do it. He doesn't do it by force. He does it by charity, by freely giving, you know, freely give, freely receive, that whole thing. So what is this? He's going to send a curse. What what curse is he going to send? We need to know what that is. I don't know why. If if you Are you debating whether or not you want to do it God's way or not? <laughs> if the curse is really bad, you're not going to do it. You're, you're going to do it according to God's way. But if the curse isn't all that bad, he says, well, I can take that. You know, I, I'm not worried about it. So, I mean, why do we need to know? Well, we'll just take a look anyway. Well, the word, Hebrew word there is resh, uh, well, it's actually elef resh resh. And I've told you before that, uh, you know, authority, such as government authority, is usually shin resh. And, uh, that's, and the government authority starts with the authority of the individual, the, you know, father of the household, the, Husband of the household. See, there's a real war against what you call patriarchal systems, as if all patriarchal systems oppress their wives. Not so. Women and men have been working together as one. They're not. They're not separate entities in a club. They are no more twain. They are one, and they work together. And the husband who oppresses his wife shall soon be oppressed. If you don't believe me, just go to the Muslim countries where a lot of men like to oppress women. They got them all wearing masks. I always thought that was funny. It's like, we all got our burqas on. We all got our masks on. <laughs> men and women. <laughs> I mean, it's like a religious cult. Everybody wearing these ridiculous masks. But uh, anyway, uh, the curse, this word. Elif resh resh. Elif is 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 consisting of a vav, two yads, and a vav, and it's kind of like uh, the painting of Michelangelo of God reaching down and touching man. There's that connection. We're divided, yet in that division we can become connected again, because it requires repentance and doing the will of the Father. But when you put elif Followed by Resh, that Resh, because it's coming afterwards, that Resh has to do with the law coming down upon you. You know, it's, it, you, your relationship with God is not one of love anymore, it's one of law. And, and we live in this cause and effect universe, so that's going to affect you. It's, it's going to come down upon you. And that's the curse. It's not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, it could be a good thing because it's disciplining you. It's built into the system. It's disciplining you not to go against the name of God, the character of God, the way of God. And, of course, you've done that because you all have welfare by men who exercise authority. That's against God's. You all have welfare because you covet your neighbor's goods. You all have welfare because you're willing to curse your children with trillions of dollars in debt. Somebody was saying the other day, it says, we don't have to worry about debt. We'll just print more money. And like this is like, are we taking financial advice from a kindergartner? <laughs> this is crazy. You don't know any history. You don't know economics. You don't even know math. <laughs> so <laughs> that's insane. Now, they were actually, 
they were speaking on um, a TED Talk. <laughs> TED Talk gave them a podium to uh, spout this nonsense. But anyway, Elif, again, like I say, is this paradox between God and man. And Resh is the process of clarification. So if you go against God, it's going to become really clear that that's a bad idea. <laughs> so anyway, that's what the curse means. It, it's a blessing. The curse is literally a blessing because it might wake you up to where you're going wrong. And so, because it's built into the system, so it is coming. It just, Malachi is spelling it out. And it has to do because you do not lay it to heart. What do they mean to heart? I mean, the word there that they have there for heart in, in this particular verse, there's other words that are translated into heart. And this, this word is translated into heart about 500 times. Heart comes up a lot in the Bible. But, you know, about 12 times this word is translated mind. Now, some of the times it's because when you find the word, they'll add an extra letter in the actual text. You won't see this if you look in a concordance. You have to actually go back and read the actual Hebrew text. But the word there, heart, is actually composed of two letters, which has to do with lamad, which is like your hand. It's the instrument by which you do things. It's, it's the thing by which you put things into action. And uh, the second letter is it, which has to do with the house. So it's your hand operating according to what is in your house. Well, there's other words. Besides that, two lamads and a beat and or one lamad and two beats, one lamad and two beats, that's like the heart within your heart, the house within your house. That's the very most inner part of you. A lot of people, they deal with religion in a very surface way in their minds. You know, they think, they believe, you know, but they... And, it never gets down to the deep part of their soul. And so they can go out and think that they're all religious and holy and they're going to church, but they're actually workers of iniquity. And of course, Christ had a whole uh, narrative about that, that there would be all kinds of people say that they're the church, that they're followers of Christ and that they love Christ and that they're doing what Christ says and they sing songs and they, they harmonize with those songs and they go to church and they dress up and they, they look pretty good. But he actually says, you're workers of iniquity. Well, how are they workers of iniquity? It's because they have accepted the idea that it's okay to covet your neighbor's goods through men who exercise authority. It's okay to send men to your neighbor's house, kick in their door, take money from them so that you can have free education, so that you can have free health care. Now, of course, you have the liberals and the left side. They want all kinds of stuff. Way on the left, they just want to see your door kicked in. They don't really care about that stuff. They want to destroy and take it down. And, of course, those on the those people, they call themselves liberals, but they're really on the left, who are using these people, they themselves are being used by evil. They don't even realize where they're headed. But they're, the in Evil does not share power. You think they're going to put you in power when everything has changed. No, they're going to destroy you too. Your only defense is the armor of God. And the armor of God comes from doing things in the name of Christ. And doing things in the name of Christ is doing things according to the way of Christ. So anyway, this other word, Lamad, be it, be it, 
is the house within the house. And that means that you have to really get down to the very nitty gritty of your heart and let God write on it. Problem is, he can't write on it if you're full of judgment, if you're full of selfishness, if you're full of excuses, if you're full of, uh, you know, saying that it's not my fault, you know, and you want to fall on and say that I believe and so therefore God has saved me and then Christ has saved me because I believe. But what do you believe? You say, I believe in Christ. Which Christ? Will the true Christ really stand up? Because when the true Christ stands up, the true believers will stand up and everybody else will be sent down or sent out of the room. And people need to understand that. So, back to the Lamad means the aspiration of the heart. It has to do with the direct application of what is written on your heart. And the be it has to do with where you're dwelling, where your heart at. Well, the people whose heart is in covetousness, they're not dwelling in the house of God. They may go to a church and they may dress up and they go at Easter and they say all the magic words. But if they're still coveting their neighbor's goods to the men who exercise authority, well, they're not, they're not there with Christ. They're not doing things according to his name. But now there are some people who don't covet those benefits, don't covet those goods, and they go out and make their own living in their own way, and they don't want to take those benefits from the benefactors who exercise authority. But that's still not enough. That's just not compounding your sin, but your sin originally is that you were slothful in the ways of Christ, and the ways of Christ is that he came to give life, to lay his life down for others. So that's why you have to gather together in the tens, hundreds, and thousands, not for what you're going to get, but for what you're going to give, because if you lay down your life for Christ's sake, he will allow you to pick up your life more abundantly. It takes a little bit of faith, just like it took faith for Peter to step out of the boat. And even when you step out of the boat, you're going to have doubts from time to time. And you just have to put out your hand and hope that God's hand is there to take your hand up. Because that's the way it works. It's built into the system. So anyway, so that's that's the hard thing. <laughs> and we're going to see that word show up some more. Behold, I will corrupt your seed and spread dung upon your face and even the dung of your solemn feast and one shall take you away with it. And ye shall know that I have sent the commandment unto you that my covenant might be with Levi, saith the Lord of hosts. My covenant was with him of life and peace, and I gave them to him wherewith he feared me and was afraid before my name, respected my name, my, the, my way. The law of truth was in his mouth and iniquity was not found in his lips. Today, any preacher that says it's okay to covet your neighbor's goods to get benefits from men who exercise authority, iniquity is on his lips because Christ said no. It's not to be that way. So, he walked with me in peace and equity and did turn many away from iniquity. For the priest's lips should keep knowledge and they should seek the law at his mouth. And he is 
the messenger of the Lord of hosts. But ye are departed out of the way. That's what's happened. This modern Christendom has gone out of the way. They no longer have a daily ministration that takes care of all the welfare of the people through faith, open charity. They are heavily dependent. 80-90% of their welfare is provided by those men who are the governments of the world who exercise authority one over the other. That's absolutely contrary to what came out of Christ's own mouth. And in truth, that if the Holy Spirit was talking to you, and you were getting it from the mouth of the Holy Spirit, you would know this. But I have lots of arguments to show you that it's true. But if you don't, if you're not willing to listen to the Holy Spirit, you're still not going to get it. And so, you're going to be the ones that they say, get you from me, you workers of iniquity. And he's actually already saying that. So they are blindly like running down and taking the vaccination. Don't you have any qualms about that? Wondering if there's a problem with that vaccination? Well, I I can't tell you there is because I haven't done the animal test. They haven't done the animal test. But I can tell you, and we do that, for those who didn't hear this morning program, we have a page at preparingyou.com. You can go there and look it up. And that page is the science. And I think I also have that on the back of side effects. And... uh but you go to, we have pages on vaccines, etc. But this is not a vaccine. Legally, it's not a vaccine. We have, it, we have scientists who say it's not a vaccine. Quite a few. Doctors, scientists, geniuses who say this it does not meet the legal definition of a vaccine. And that it includes an S1 protein that may cause all kinds of changes in your body, including sterilize both men and women. So that you, the critical thing is to sterilize the women because they don't want, they want to lower the population and this is their way of doing it. Can I prove that? I can see that. I can see the evidence of it. I can share with you scientists who are coming to the same conclusions, including the highest, the, 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 the former head of all the scientists at, uh, at Pfizer. He's saying women who are pregnant or want to become pregnant, or men who want to uh, become fathers should not take this vaccine. And they should not give it to them. And he has appealed to, you know, uh, kind of the medical world court in Europe to stop giving this vaccine <laughs> to those people. And uh, this is way back in December. And, of course, you don't even hear about it on the news. And people are already losing their children. And we won't know for a couple of years how many people have been sterilized. But this is one of the reasons why mRNA vaccines, or what they call vaccines, medical, uh, you know, treatment, has never passed for humans. Because in the animal trials, they became sterile or died, or both. And um, they maybe more would have become sterile, but they died too soon. <laughs> and they didn't die from... Now, people are dying from just taking the vaccine, you know, anaphylactic shock. But we're not talking about those sudden deaths. We're talking about long-term. And go to that page. We have studies that you can link to. Studies financed by the NIH. Fauci's own organization. Top Again, top scientists right out of the University of Georgetown in Washington, D.C., they're saying this. 
you know, they have to be careful or they'll get shut down too. But they're being very scientific about it. And they were studying this S1 protein even before they came up with a vaccine. More and more people will come out, but they're not telling you. It's all being censored. So, anyway, that's because they call good evil and evil good. And if you really want to be awakened, you can't just read articles. You need to join the network. You need to sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands. And you need to start doing what Christ said to do. And you need to start doing it in earnest because you're already cursed with ignorance. If you think you're going to get a different president in or a different senator or congressman and that's going to change things. Now, I'm not saying you can't pursue those things. But if it takes you away from pursuing the kingdom of God and his righteousness, which is tens of thousands of people sitting down in the in, in groups of ten, hundreds of thousands, trying to take care of one another like the first century church, and trying to do it so that nobody has to go to the benefits of the men who exercise authority and make you wear masks, if you're not doing that, I think that you're going to get the other resh in that elef resh resh. You're just compounding the problem. So anyway, goes on, my covenant was with, in verse 5, which we looked at, my covenant was with him of life and peace. The covenants with the world is a force in fear and fealty, not life, life and peace. So that's important to understand that. We could go into those particular words, life and peace, and see what they really mean in the Hebrew and find out what they were really talking about. But uh, in verse 8 we see, But ye are departed out of the way. Ye have caused many to stumble at the law. The law includes, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's goods. And anybody who tells you it's okay to do it through government is making you stumble at the law. You've actually gone the way of the Nicolaitan and the way of Balaam. And you've become conquered people and you've again returned to the bondage of Egypt. Ye have corrupted the covenant of Levi, saith the Lord of hosts. Now remember, he's talking to the ministers, the, the priests. They've corrupted the way. How did they corrupt the way? In what manner did they corrupt the way? Did they do it like the Pharisees corrupted the way with the Corban of the Pharisees? Well, yeah, I think in part they did that. I don't know how bad it got. It's really hard to tell. Like I said at the beginning, we're not even sure exactly when this was written. But this is a common theme that we see in all the city-states and throughout history. If They actually taught history. But you nobody seems to get it we keep going back to that way it's the way of Cain it's the way of Nimrod it certainly is the way of Pharaoh it's the way that Caesar went I mean Rome was a republic for hundreds and hundreds of years and they when they built their temples it was free will offerings that built their temples and their temples actually provided services for the community it wasn't just the superstitious mumbo-jumbo. It wasn't what you thought about God, Zeus, or whatever. It was about honor and righteousness and taking care of one another because life was hard. 
I mean, there were diseases that would come by, there was armies that would come by, there was injustices, and you had to bind the society together so that people would protect each other's rights and learn to care about one another. The more they did that, the stronger the community became. The less they did that, the weaker the community became, which again was the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah. In a time of affluence, they were weakening the people. They were not strengthening those people who were weak, they were weakening weakening them even more. Therefore have I also made you contemptible and base before all the people, according as ye have not kept my way, but have been partial in the law. Partial in the law. I mean, you were still taking care of the widows and orphans, but you weren't doing it through faith, hope, and charity. You're doing it through forced offerings. You got people to sign up and you expected them to turn over their share, this this crippled contributions. Have we not all one Father? Hath not one God created us? Why do we deal treacherously every man against his brother? Well, that's what we do when we set up these socialist systems. We're going to force our neighbor to contribute. We're going to take away his choice, his right to choose to be charitable. They say they're going to do it to the rich, but I'll lay you odds the rich get out of this. They're going to do it to everybody on your block. There isn't going to be any more middle class. There's going to be poor, and then there'll still be the rich. Because they'll get out of it. They always do. I mean, they're behind this. They're getting richer and richer while everything is shut down. All the really rich guys are getting richer and richer while you're all shut down and losing your businesses and what have you. And people working for government, they're going around wearing masks and saying, yeah, we... You should be an essential worker like us. Well, guess what? In the future, you're not going to be so essential either. And nobody's going to come to your aid. Because you've all forgotten how to do it. By profaning the covenant of our fathers that operated an entire government with no king, no rulers, free will offerings. How did they do this? They did it because they learned to love their neighbor as themselves. Moses said that. Jesus said that. That's what Abraham was doing, but that's not what you're doing. You're coveting your neighbor's goods. Number 11, Judah hath dealt treacherously, and an abomination is committed in Israel and in Jerusalem. That's what was happening with the Corban of the Pharisees. For Judah hath profaned the holiness of the Lord, which he hath, he loved, hath married the daughter of a strange God. What is that? That is, this. we talked about this at the beginning, where the rabbi thought this was because they took strange wives. No. They went from the bride of Christ to a different kind of bride. And we've done the same thing. The thing we call the church is the woman who rides the beast. She, is, she crowns the king's It makes us all subject. That's not what Christ didn't come to crown kings. He came to crown us and set us free to return every man to his family and every man to his possessions. But this other church came to crown kings over us and they get to take our possessions away. Now we're, we can't blame this all on that church, that false church, that false bride who's not doing what Christ, and all her daughters. We can't blame it on them. It's our covetous. It's through our covetousness of those benefits that were offered to us by those men who exercise authority. If you want to understand a little bit more about that, 
go look for the book Free Church Report on our website or even on preparing you at hisholychurch.org and you'll see a picture of Lady Godiva on the cover. And she understood what the problem was. So you get to go find that. That's your homework if you haven't already seen it. So anyway, you're wondering why in the world do we have Lady Godiva on the front of the church? She's dressed. She has all her clothes on. She never took her clothes off. That's all. They're just trying to defame her character because if you actually knew what she was doing, you know where the church went wrong. So anyway, number 13, And this have ye done again, covering the altar of the Lord with tears, with weeping, and with crying out, insomuch that ye regardeth not the offering any more. And that word offering, the free will offering, is that the word for free will offering? Well, maybe you can go look that up. Anymore, and receiveth it with good, with at your hand. Okay, so now you're saying, you're not, you're not doing a free will offering, but you receive and call it good. You receive at your hand and call it good, even though it's not a free will offering. That's what he's saying there. Yet ye say, Wherefore, because the Lord hath been witness between thee and the wife of thy youth, against whom thou hast dealt treacherously. Well, the wife of thy youth was the body of Christ. The, the, the church was the bride of Christ. The church belonged to Christ like a bride belongs to her husband. And, and Christ cared for the church, but now the church that we have today is this strange wife from a strange way that says, no, we're, we're not going to take care of all the welfare like we saw Paul and Barnabas doing. We're going to leave that to the governments of the world. They will be your FEMA. No, no, that's not the way. That is simply, that's dealing with treacherously. That you're saying to the people that it's okay that the government force you to contribute to its welfare. Now, actually, because you guys gone into the system, you're back in the bondage of Egypt and the Pharaoh can still collect taxes from you. I'm not saying that you, you don't have to pay your, your, your dues. I'm saying that you, you're gonna have to work a little overtime and turn around and start going the other way and God will arrange that you survive the decline and fall of the Roman Empire, like just like he did the first time the decline and fall of the Roman Empire. The church not only survived, it thrived. Yet is she thy companion and the wife of thy covenant. And did not he make one, yet had he the residue of the Spirit. And wherefore one, that he might seek... Uh, Godly seed? Okay, are you a godly seed? Are you willing to go the way of Christ? Therefore, take heed to your spirit and let none deal treacherously against the wife of his youth. That again is the true church. Wherever the true church is. Now, I can't say I'm the true church, that we're the true church. I'm saying we're striving to be. We're looking into what Christ actually said. We have thousands of pages of material and recordings trying to explore. And you tell me. You say, oh, he doesn't have everything right. Well, who does? If I have something wrong, come and challenge me on it. 
and and we'll we'll take a look at it. But and, and I I love it when somebody speaks up. There's most people convict me and they never even let me know. Because <laughs> they're cowards. They're afraid to actually debate this out. For the Lord, the God of Israel, saith that he hateth putting away. For one covereth violence with his garment, saith the Lord of hosts. Therefore, take heed to your spirit that ye deal not treacherously. Covereth violence with his garment. Is that the, is that the clothes that we were talking about? <laughs> they're saying, they're covering their violence. See, you don't have to go to your neighbor's house and knock his door down in order to get money to send your kids to get education for free. You got somebody else to do it. Through this system, this interweaving of a system of Corbin, which is your social welfare system. You have wove this system, and this system forces, robs widows and orphans, inheritance tax, and uh, takes away from them so that you can have what you want. But they've actually gone so far to take away from your children because they, everything is by debt now. It's gone way out of hand. You have wearied the Lord with your words. You know, great swelling words while they deliver you into bondage. Yet, ye say, wherein have we wearied him? <laughs> you ask, well, you certainly have, you bunch of Nicolaitans. When ye say, everyone that doeth evil is good in the sight of the Lord. You see people out there coveting their neighbor's goods, forcing their neighbor to contribute to their welfare, want more and more power over people. And you have become accustomed to living at the expense of others and depending for your livelihood on the property of others. You have all degenerated into perfect savages and that's why you see the violence in the streets that you see. And you can sit in your homes and think you're praying to God, but you're not doing the will of the Father. You haven't gone back to the way. You have to take up the way and then God will take up your protection. If you're going to keep waiting for the uh, some leader to come along and fix things, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. You have to repent and seek the kingdom of God and the righteousness of God, which is a system that operates by faith, hope, and charity. So, and he delighteth in them. Or where is the God of judgment? Where is the God of judgment? Well, judgment is coming upon you as we speak in the world today. And... There isn't anything that is going to stop it. It's coming. But the question is, are you going to be on the Lord's side? Or are you going to keep doing what got you in this mess to begin with? So anyway, like we talked about at the beginning, the great synagogue with events recorded in Nehemiah 8 and 10 had become a legislature imposing rules through their enactments. Offering became required to force which was a departure from the free will offerings by way of the perfect law of liberty now this was back in Nehemiah in the great synagogue it had become a legislator and it started making laws instead of helping coordinate the people because it was see you used to be a government of the people for the people and by the people the people were not even a party to the constitution the people 
uh, created roads, they created uh, uh, hospitals, they created schools through free will offerings. It wasn't being built by taxes. That didn't start taking place until after the Civil War. And it didn't really get going until around 1913. And 1933 just took off like a gunshot. And so that's why you're in the problem you're in is because you've gone out of the way. And now you have, you know, I can show you where Davy Crockett was saying absolutely not. The government should not be in the welfare business. He thought it should at one time, but Horatio uh, Bunce straightened him out. And we have that on our website. Look up Davy Crockett and you can see the article that was written about him. What he What he was saying is that... The government should not be in the welfare business. That's what Lady Godiva was saying. The government can't be in the welfare business. It'll be the end of us all if we get in that. Uh, you go back to Polybius, uh, Plutarch, uh, John the Baptist, uh, Jesus Christ, uh, Paul, Peter. He says if you enter into these covetous practices and start using benefactors to exercise authority to take care of the needs of the people, you're you're headed for destruction. Well, you're there now. You you don't have a lot of time to repent. Join the network. Sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands and work out your salvation with fear and trembling because a curse is upon you. It's not... God does not want to be mean to you. He wants you to awaken, to become awoken. And and he'll talk more about that. Malachi will talk more about that in, in other chapters. But this was the chapter of the priests. All you ministers out there still getting up in the pulpit and saying your flowery words and making sure that people think certain doctrines that Jesus hardly talked about. But you're not focusing on the, the main doctrines of not coveting your neighbor's goods, loving your neighbor, taking care of one another through faith, hope, and charity. Not just a few people, you know, giving a few tokens, you know, a couple apples here and a little bit of bread here and there. I'm talking about all social welfare because it's coming to an end. It isn't going to be there. And it isn't going to be there when your grocery store is emptied out. And if you don't get the vaccination, the shot that sterilizes the world and kills a lot of people will eventually kill a lot of people. Now, I could be wrong about that. Why didn't they do the testing? Why didn't they start the animal testing? And we would already have the preliminary results on this. As far as I know, they haven't even started yet. Now, some people say, oh, they are doing animal testing, but not of the mRNA vaccinations. And, and we go into that on the page. We show you that there's dozens of vaccinations out there, and some are not mRNA. Some of the mRNA vaccinations are probably less dangerous and we, we, I can't guarantee you that they're not dangerous, but if you have to get the shot, you might want to see if you can't get one of those, those ones that are less dangerous. I'm not going to guarantee them. I'm only going to guarantee Christ. That if you actually start doing what he said from the beginning and stop playing that religion, playing church, then there's hope. So anyway, we have a lot more there in the side column. Oh, I guess we've got a couple of minutes yet, so we can look at some of that. The people stumbled at the law against coveting thy neighbor's goods and making covenants with those who do not believe in the right to choose for each individual, choosing rather to sell their birthright 
respecting one over the other. One person's birthright, they have more power, they have more authority, that isn't the way it goes. That respecter of persons, the offices in the kingdom of God are offices of service. They are not offices of power. The Sanhedrin was not a legislature. We have a a whole article on the Sanhedrin. Uh, Christ, the Sanhedrin had become so corrupt that a bunch of the people in the Sanhedrin walked out. (laughs) We may see that yet in the Congress of the United States. But Christ appointed a new Sanhedrin. That's why I always wondered, you know, I always, way back when I was going to St. Joseph's College in 1963, I was wondering, what, what, who's these 70 guys? What, what, what's their role? What, what are they doing? Well, now I know the history of how it changed time and time again. It evidently changed probably here at the time of Nehemiah. We know it changed just before Christ came because a huge number, probably more than half, walked out. A new group filled their place, but they filled it with a different procedure. So now they were literally pirates. They looked like they were the lawful government, but they were not. Now, I'm not telling you, you don't have the right to judge whether they're pirates or not. You know, they might be all pirates there in the, in Oregon. They might be all pirates there in the United States. They may have stole the election. It doesn't matter. You don't need to judge that. You need to seek, even if you found out that's true, if you're not doing what Christ said, your salvation is kaput. You have to follow what Christ said and Christ will judge them. And if pirates come against you and Christ is on your side, hey, you got a chance. But if Christ is not on your side and they're pirates, chances are, avast there, matey, because they're going to take advantage of you. They're go- they got more guns than you do. I am totally against violent revolution. And uh, somebody might say I'm inciting a riot or not paying the taxes you may owe or anything no. If you will cheat the unrighteous mammon, you will probably cheat the righteous mammon. You need to get your act together and start doing what Christ actually said. So the people have stumbled because they started calling what is evil good. And the state was becoming the father of the people. That's a done deal. Understanding that the job of the priests and the nature of the altars is critical. The altars were systems of social welfare that were functioning by faith, hope, and charity. The altars you have operate by force, fear, and violence. Your priests are down there at the welfare office. Your priests are down at the Social Security Administration. And Biden, who says he's the president, and he may be, I don't know, doesn't really matter to me, I know who the king is, he's appointing all kinds of guys that uh, would not qualify as priests in the kingdom of God. (laughs) So anyway... Meanwhile, everybody is so in love with the benefits and the wages of unrighteousness that they will not turn around and go the way of God. Instead, they have gone the way of Balaam and the Nicolaitans. And there are links to more and more articles. You can go to that page, Malachi 2 at uh, preparingyou.com and do the study yourself. I'll probably add more links on that page before we're done. But until then, all I can say is peace on your house and may God be with you as soon as I figure out where the buttons are on the switchboard. <laughs> I can't find the switchboard. Anyway, peace. God bless. See you on the network.
You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services, counseling, lectures, books, and other audio materials, please write to His Church at Summer Lake, Box 10, Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net. Thank you.